Welcome to a special episode of Bono Stuff, little small piece of the Demand Better podcast where my buddy David Corona, a personal trainer from New York City, a good friend of mine, and I break down the top five things you need to know about sleep, something I hope almost everyone can use right then, right now, tonight especially. So start changing your sleep habits to get better sleep, get better health. That's the whole point of this thing that I'm doing here, this mission I'm on to get you guys moving better. So if you can go over, subscribe, like, share the Bono Stuff one that you're on here, as well as the Demand Better podcast that we're trying to grow. We'd love to hear your feedback on the formatting, on if you got some use out of it, you know, share it around, leave a rating, review, tell us what we can be doing to give you more value. That's what we're all about. And uh, without further ado, enjoy the top five things you can do to sleep better tonight. We're getting to... There we are. Hey, what's going on? We are live. Welcome back to the Demand Better Podcast, episode 12. We are going to do a rapid fire, five big takeaways from our sleep. We've been promoting the sleep thing all week, but we're going to start off with our five big takeaways on sleep, and we're going to have an extended version right after, but takeaway number one, circadian rhythm. Bo, hit it. All right, so circadian rhythm is something you might have heard in the zeitgeist. I like using that word whenever I can, Uh, but circadian, I have it on the bottom here. uh, Approximately, you say, you know, circa 1900, around and Dian being a day, so about a day, we're trying to get our sleep to line up with the sun rising and the darkness at night. And if you can start doing that, it's going to improve your health. So everything we're talking about here is improving your health. So the more you can get regulated with light and dark, and we tend to be in our houses, we tend to you know, be up late at night. These are the things that are going to mess us up hormonally. Our body starts to say, hey, like I don't like this rhythm. And it throws you off. So uh, the big thing we're going to take away here is first thing in the morning, get your rhythm going. So if you're a little disrupted in this rhythm, have someone like me talk you through different things we can get to improve the rhythm. Meaning first thing in the morning, as the sun comes up, you don't have to wake up with the sun as ideal as that is. But I get up, my alarm goes off. And ideally, we're also getting up without an alarm. Another side story we're going to talk about later. But if I can get outside and I can get at least 15 minutes of maximum sunlight, that's phenomenal. If you don't have access to sunlight, get a a sun lamp, and I think this is gonna reach here for the video, you can get a little sun lamp to stimulate that same light. And then again, as the sun is going down, we want to start to minimize our blue light. So we'll talk a little bit more about that with environment, but that's the big idea with circadian rhythm. Well, thanks, Bo, let's go on to number two, tracking. Yeah, so I'm a big fan of the Whoop here. I think there's a bunch of bio trackers. A lot of people have the Apple Watch, Fitbits, all of these different things that allow us to track. And if you've ever run a business, if you've ever had your finances at home, uh, if you've ever had to look at numbers, you know that if you don't assess it, all you're doing is guessing, right? So you need to start assessing anything you actually care about. That's the only way we're going to be able to make change. So tracking your sleep will give you a better sense of what could I be doing to improve my sleep. And then if I do start to implement a change, we're going to talk about supplements a little later, caffeine, whatever that is. We just talked about improving your light. So if I get 15 minutes of sunlight every morning, is my sleep actually improving? The only way we're really going to know that is by tracking and being as careful as we can with that. So I'm going to have a a code in our uh, show notes for if anyone wants to try the WHOOP. 
get Dr. Bo's code. And uh, the idea there is, and I have some videos also as well on, on what the WHOOP provides for us of all the data and things like that, especially on the sleep side. I still think that the WHOOP is, and they're not paying me to say this, but it's the most advanced algorithm of how to track your sleep and gives you the best information, including how you have, how much deep sleep you have, how much REM sleep you have, all these different ways we can go into it. We're going to talk a little more in our in-depth episode, but the big thing here is you need to track it. If you're not tracking any part of your health, any part of your finances, any part of your uh, life, then it's hard to change it and make moves in the right direction. Number three, environment. All right. So again, a couple of things we can think about here. We talked about lights in the beginning. That's one of the main things. Your bedroom should be your sleep sanctuary. Okay. So the more you can associate the bed with only the other thing we're not going to talk about, that's not PG-13 and darkness and sleep, meaning you're not in there in the middle of the day, you know, looking at your taxes or, or checking your phone or whatever. You need to stay out of the bedroom as much as possible um, and only go when it's, hey, we're winding down. It's nighttime. So environment, it's important to have this designated area for sleep. So darkness is something very important. So even if you have little lights going, if you have a TV in there, which first of all, you shouldn't have a TV in your bedroom. That's a good way to improve your sleep. Some people go as far as not even having their phone in there and they might have an old school alarm. The whoop actually has its own alarm, not to keep pushing the whoop, but the environment, again, we want to get rid of any little lights. Anytime I go to a hotel room, I bring the little electrical black tape so I can tape up any of those little lights that I might not be able to reach. Uh, the microwave might have a light. The, again, their TV has a light. They might have other little things. So we want to cover up as much light as possible. That's one of the biggest things. The other one is temperature. So if you can control the temperature you are in, and this is a luxury, a very first world problem to have or benefit to have, but if you have access to it, Go ahead and turn your temperature. You need it to be pretty much as cold as you can tolerate because um, the colder it is, that's going to set your, again, rhythms and temperature internally, your body temperature to improve your sleep. This is a big thing I'm going to shout out Andrew Huberman talks about, and he goes really deep into the neuroscience and things like that. So temperature is one of the biggest things. The third thing we're going to touch on real quick of setting up your environment is the comfort of your mattress, your pillow, and whatever and whoever might be sleeping next to you. So those are all important things that you can control. Again, I don't want to go too deep into each one of those, but it's important to say, hey, I might want to invest a few extra hundred dollars if you have it in improving and getting a higher quality sleep system uh, in, in terms of improving my sleep. Because again, at the end of the day, when you start struggling with insomnia or other health issues, you know, that's when we say, hey, I wish I could have put a thousand dollars into something better if I had known. So that's why we're trying to, again, get you guys this information now. Number four, Dr. Bo, caffeine. So caffeine's pretty straightforward. Uh, you can do genetic testing, uh, A, in terms of how quickly you metabolize caffeine. So this is not caffeinated. This is just a sparkling grapefruit little beverage. Ah, refreshing. But caffeine... Uh, if I had caffeine in there, one thing I want to understand about myself, and it's something you probably inherently know, and I made Corona drink too. That's good. Um, so it's something you want to inherently understand about yourself if you are able to metabolize caffeine. So if I have a full cup of coffee, coffee with a close to 100 milligrams of caffeine, if I have that at 2 p.m., am I still pretty alert and awake and feeling the effects of that at 10 p.m. or even midnight? 
Um, and that's something I've had before. So for me, a golden rule, because I'm a slow metabolizer, and this is something you can have genetically tested. Again, if you've lived life, you might have had a monster energy drink at 7 p.m. and not really had your sleep affected. As we get a little bit older, uh, our, we tend to slow down. Again, that metabolism of caffeine and things like that. So big thing to take away here is understanding the effects that something like caffeine because it's ingrained and it's a part of almost everyone's culture and if you need that caffeine to be getting through the rest of your day and you have a crash of energy at let's say 1 p.m and then you go for the coffee keep in mind that's probably telling us more about your overall health and the fact that you're probably not fueling correctly with food and your sleep rhythms might be off so again it opens up this whole can of worms we're going to go a little deeper on but the big thing with caffeine is my golden rule is i don't have any after 2 p.m. because I know that's going to keep me up. You need to find what works for you as an individual. What about you, Corona? How's your caffeine intake? I don't really drink coffee. I used Ooh. to drink tons and tons of coffee. But that, we're not here for that. We'll talk about that <laughs> in the extended version. Number five that we have on our list is sub, the supplements concept. Let's mm -hmm. discuss that real quick. So one of the biggest things here is when people struggle with sleep, right? We want it's It's the nature of our culture, society, modern living, and we're going to really focus on Americans here, but obviously this goes on all over the world. One of the ones that when we were talking about this before the show is Ambien that Corona brought up that a lot of people go to Ambien. Uh, it's also something pe folks take, and Ambien being one of the many ways to improve your sleep at a high, pretty significant dosage um, and pretty much knock you out. So this is where we come back to tracking your sleep with the WHOOP is the difference between quality of sleep so I can sleep for 90 minutes and get more benefit and more quality of sleep than I could in eight hours of tossing and turning. Ambient is something that will just knock you out. And you do not get a lot of quality sleep, even though you are now unconscious. You are technically asleep. So there's a lot that goes into the science here. But something like Ambien is something worth considering not relying on and figuring out where it needs to go into your equation of your overall health. Melatonin is another one that I really want to touch on because the really big, big thing here that takes away is a lot of times, and I just went on Amazon and you can easily get a three milligram per capsule uh, serving if you just go on any over-the-counter type of melatonin pill. Three milligrams is a lot. The general recommendation where you should start at from a lot of folks who understand the science a little bit better and aren't into just selling you big pills because three milligrams will knock you out more, but you still might not be getting the quality that we're talking about. You might get a decent amount of quantity, but again, if it's not restorative, which is the point of sleep, right? In a great book called Why We Sleep, and a lot of folks cannot explain to you why we have this evolutionary reason for sleep, uh, and we don't think about it a lot, even though it's one third of our life. So that's something maybe we could have said earlier, but it's a really important topic. So melatonin, to finish off that thought, is start out with a smaller dose. Be very careful in how you're affecting your sleep because if you're struggling with sleep, I totally understand the, the desire to get to, back to some, some normalcy with your routine. But you become dependent on some of these things like melatonin. Um, so if you're taking three milligrams, that might be way too much, even though it's improving your time asleep and feeling like it's doing the thing it's supposed to be doing. So big thing here is start to pay a little bit more attention. Again, seek experts who understand this stuff, who do the research, who are doing podcasts, talking about this and have some semblance of understanding. Uh, there's not a lot of like general practitioners might not be that in depth. And I'm not taking anything away from primary care physicians, 
physicians, doctors, anything like that, medical doctors. So if that's the person you go to for your general health and you only see them once a year, let's understand that we have these resources and we also need to get a little bit more advanced than a general WebMD search or just a regular Google search. So without going too far in depth there, the last one, sorry, we'll touch on is magnesium. I have it in the scroll down here. So uh, magnesium is one that can be very helpful in improving our sleep quality. But remember, these are all supplements. So that's why this is the fifth one, first of all. Fifth one, first of all, is not a good way to grammatically <laughs> say that. But this is the fifth one because it is an important topic because a lot of us include some form of supplementation. But keep in mind, like we identified circadian, circadian, the definition of that supplement should be a supplement to the things that you are doing to improve your sleep. So if you're not doing these other foundational things, supplements should be your last line of defense or more of an emergency thing if you're traveling, let's say, and you wanted to uh, you know, improve your sleep quality. That's where melatonin can fit in. I personally have not taken melatonin my entire life, not intentionally, but I have taken or drank and included in my diet tart cherries because tart cherries have been shown to improve your body's natural ability to improve melatonin. So magnesium, to come back to that for a second, there's a lot of different forms of magnesium. And again, we're not going to go into all of them or which one is best for sleep. It's important to understand that though, because some might make you constipated. Some might make you diuretic or AKA have diarrhea. Um, so it's important to understand which form of magnesium to take. If there's just a generic sleep thing at Rite Aid or CVS or whatever pharmacy you go to, uh, and you just take the sleep thing, that's just, it's, it says it improves my sleep. I don't really know what's in here. So there's a lot there. It's a very big industry. Is it really the thing that's best for you? And again, this is why we are the consumer report here. We're trying to be to help you guys improve your sleep. So it gets deeper. We're going to go deep in a little bit. So that's my kind of conclusion. Did I miss anything, David Corona? No, no, you didn't. It was actually, a, that's a great, great five big takeaways for us to start with. Let me just recap them real quick for you. We have circadian rhythm as one. We have tracking as two. We have environment as three, caffeine as four, and the supplement concept as five. We're going to see you all in a couple of minutes, excuse me, on the flip side. So we look forward to seeing you and get ready for more sleep talk. Woo. Demand better. Woo woo. Peace. Deuces.